in the Talmud, there is a clear mitzvah to teach your child how to swim. Why? Not because it's fun, but because, God forbid, they should have to someday save their own lives or somebody else's life. And life, of course, is the paramount value in Jewish tradition. And so it was always very important to me, not only that we had this pool, but that people knew that when they were sending their children here, they were part of a long story of elevating Jewish values. Welcome to Season 5 of 76 West, recorded appropriately in an office at the corner of West 76th Street and Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. In past years, you've heard conversations with some of the great thinkers of our time. This season, you're going to hear the voice of one of them, Rabbi Joy Levitt. Sometimes she'll be by herself, sometimes accompanied by the amazing people who helped make the program she shepherded a reality. Joy works, worked, best in collaboration with others, people who pushed her, prodded, who inspired her as much as she inspired them. That's going to be, is, her legacy to the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan, a spirit of positivity, of moving onward and upward, taking a simple idea, a Jewish community center, and elevating it beyond what anyone would use as their definition. In this episode, Rabbi Joy Levitt speaks with Todd Elkins, the JCC's longtime chief health and wellness officer, about a program near and dear to their hearts, Saturday Morning Community Partners. The program has served as a lifeline for disadvantaged children around the city and is a cornerstone of the JCC's values-driven programming for the community. As I recall, the year was... I don't know, 1998, nine, something like that. Uh, We were not in the building yet, and I had been hired to plan the program for this building. The land had been purchased, and, and, and I needed to hire an athletic director. And as you know, that there is a course about that in rabbinical school, but I had decided not to take it in favor of Bible or Talmud or Hebrew or who knows what. And I, I should say, Todd probably remembers this story, that I almost did not graduate high school because um, I had decided to leave high school in 11th grade, not go to my senior year. Or I should say my mother decided that she didn't want me in the house anymore. I was in too much trouble. And the high school I went to was pretty bad, and there was really nothing left. I had taken every course, um, except second semester of what was going to be my senior year, but was in fact my junior year, the guidance counselor called me to tell me that in order for me to graduate a year early, I had to take all of senior gym. Um, That's how they interpreted the Board of Regents in New York State as a requirement. So that meant that I had to take junior gym, which was three days a week, and senior gym, which was, again, five days a week, right? So three days a week, I was taking gym two periods of my junior year. And I was not into gym on a good day. And uh, there was a moment in which I had to get on the uneven bars. 
and I informed my gym teacher that that was not going to happen. And she informed me that that was fine, but I was not going to, she was not going to pass me in gym and I couldn't graduate from high school. And this was like already January, February, I'd already been accepted to Barnard. So I called Barnard and I said, what happens if I don't have a high school degree? And they said, we don't care. We'll give you a GED at the end of your first year of college. So you don't need a high school degree to come here. So I thought, woohoo, I'm not getting on the uneven bars. But um, my mother was having none of that, and I had to get on the uneven bars. So that was the backdrop um, t- with which I was approaching hiring an athletic director. Here's Todd Elkins. I walk in to 65th Street, where we had offices, and I'm nervous because it's a job interview, and I'm in a suit and a tie, and I think I wear a suit and a tie maybe once a year. And I meet Joy, and she looks at Rebecca Sweeter, who was our first tweens and teens director, who was incredibly intelligent, incredibly talented and gifted, and she says, he's cute. I did? Yeah. I said that? So immediately, oh my God. immediately, I can't get fired for that no, not back then, uh, immediately, I'm put at ease, and I have a great interview, and I know that this is the place that I need to be. To find an athletic director who had a heart, as I always say, beating outside of his chest, um, who embodied Jewish values, it was just like, you knew the minute, I knew the minute I met him that this was going to work. At the beginning, in the early years, we didn't have a building, we didn't have a gym, we didn't have anything. And, and so what we had was a very big idea, which honestly was Debbie's, I believe, which was that in this town, you couldn't play soccer if you were Sabbath observing because all the soccer leagues and baseball leagues were on Saturdays. So our earliest program was to state very loudly and proudly the the JCC is going to be a home for people who would otherwise not consider the JCC a Jewish place for them because they're already their Jewish needs were being taken care of in their synagogues. Um, so Todd created the Sunday morning sports leagues, and oh my God, in those early days, parent coaches, parent coaches. Oh no, I just the fist fights the. You know, use your words, not your hands. I mean, it was crazy times, those times. But we built a significant um, brand um, of high-quality, caring coaches who were out there to build teamwork and develop skills. And those were heady times before the building, right? about two or three months before we were going to come into the building and there was an article in the New York Times magazine about the first President Bush's elimination of a lot of government funding for after school programs and it talked about both the need for the nonprofit sector to pick up some of this work for for underserved communities and, you know, the, the likelihood that is that government really needs to get back in the game. That's how I remember the article. But I was sitting in my aunt and uncle's house in the Hamptons in this beautiful place. 
reading this article and wondering why I wasn't devoting my life to underserved kids and why I was going to do this work when there was more important things to do. And I called Debbie from the house and I said, our building's going to be closed on Saturdays. We have a responsibility to have that space used by underserved kids. And really, Debbie said, go with it. And um, gave me a lay leader to work with, Liz Stern, remember that? And um, Liz opened the door to David Saltzman from the Robin Hood Foundation, who helped create a concept, which was to find partners in this world who knew what they were doing, because we clearly didn't, and basically give them the keys uh, to the building. And we went to um, the Children's Aid Society Teen Pregnancy Prevention Program first. That was a program that sought to disrupt the pattern of teen pregnancy by getting these kids, and really I think they were like 10 at that point, um, and making sure they had complete physicals, dental work, physical activity, mental health support, like all the things that that well-served kids just take for granted. Um, and their their theory of change was that if if these kids were set up right, they would make good choices in high school. And he had replicated this program in 20 cities across America. And we um, were introduced to them through David Saltzman. And we basically said, how would you use this, this building? And they said we would swim. And we said, here's the pool. And I needed somebody to, like, run this program, and that's where Todd came in. So On those days, I used to come in on Saturdays and, and Sundays, um, and it was just a great experience watching these children come to our JCC who otherwise probably wouldn't walk into our doors, and the way the staff welcomed them and cared for them and the way they learned, and it just the program continued to grow. But for me, it was always proudest when I watched as one staff member took it and made it their own. And then when that staff member left, another staff member took over straight on through the way that they held these kids and cared for them. Even when we opened the building for our fitness members on Saturday morning to be competitive with the other gyms, we made sure to stay true to this program. So our pool remained closed for this program. And it was a staff that came to me and said, hey, let's teach these kids how to swim. It's not just, we just don't want them playing in the water. We want to actually give them the skills. We then went to Jennifer Gardner Trulson, who, who had been on our board and whose husband had died in the World Trade Center. We were still in touch with Jennifer, and she had started a foundation um, in Doug's memory, uh, largely um, to, to serve underserved kids. And she got very taken by this idea. And for the, I don't know how many years, five, ten years, she basically paid for the swim instructors so that these kids could get high-quality swim instruction. I mean, so many of them are learn have learned how to swim. They've taken it on. We've heard great stories about these kids going to college and they're swimming for their college teams. Uh, it's really just an incredible moment. The 
it's again goes to how we just handed it off one person to the next and elena peachy who's been swimming and working with us for about a decade or more um put her own little stamp on this program and said hey you know there's a homeless girl scout group that needs a pool and they need to learn how to swim and can i bring them here and i said of course you know we have the space let's fit them in and she did not only did we do that but we made sure that they got goggles and swimsuits and great instruction and here are these kids who don't have this opportunity and now they've gotten it and what's even more great is they ran with the opportunity they learned how to swim and they've taken it on and are excelling that's rabbi joy levitt and todd elkins 76 West is a presentation of the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan. The series was produced and edited by me, Eric Winnick. Our theme music was written and performed by Peril Wolf. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the other seasons of 76 West, available on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else podcasts are available. You can also listen to our episodes at mmjccm.org slash 76-West please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Every little bit helps. Until next time, we'll see you around the neighborhood.